Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt Lift Deep podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field, and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com. Reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Hunt Lifty Podcast. We're live again, still here at the ISE show in Denver, Colorado. I'm hosting Bobby McCready, and I'm with my my guys here trying to teach me how to elk call. Tom and Thomas <laughs> from Mile High Game Note, and we got Garrett here with us. Uh, we're having some fun. I'm learning my first time ever using a bugle call and trying to uh, learn from the experts, and it's been fun to say the least, that's for sure. So uh, how's the show been for you guys? How's everything going? And Show's been pretty good so far. It's been uh, you know typical Thursday, Friday, but yeah, uh, we've done a couple yeah. seminars and so far so good. Looking yeah, forward to tomorrow. We were joking. I was hiding in the back row, like, <laughs> listening to the seminar. I had to, like run away from our booth to get some uh, some tips here and some notes, <laughs> some quick tips. <laughs> yeah, I had to get some kind of expert's uh, opinion in here because I'm sounding like a dying cat, and our other booths are complaining. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's bad. Something, man. It's okay. Well, we're here now. Yeah, we'll we're here. Out, and we got Garrett here, of course, uh, with us. You know, how are you doing? Oh, not too bad, man. Just trying to uh, survive after a long couple work weeks. Yeah, uh, it's been, uh, I'm sure you've been busy, busy. So. Uh, kind of. Kind of <laughs> starting to get uh, get to a dead time of year. So. Yeah, so I got to say, I-, I haven't ever tried this before. I've never used a turkey diaphragm and like, I'm trying to really get some sounds going because you guys are giving me little tips here. So I'm not, I'm not as discouraged anymore because you guys are really uh, helping me out. Let's say. So After, we have a few. There's some sounds starting to come out of you that are starting yeah. to sound like elk. The they, good news is you're sounding. Yeah. You know, you, there's something coming out. Yeah, that was the so hard it's part. Not quiet. Right? Well, that's, that's the thing is, I picked this up and I immediately thought. Um, to put my tip of my tongue on this, and then I learned right away that's the worst thing that you yeah. could do, really. And that I learned right. I'm like, wow, that made yeah. a huge difference. So, yeah. one great tip right Lots there. Lots of nerves on the tip of your tongue. You don't want to vibrate the yeah. uh, latex on your tongue. I'm sure you yeah, I guess starting calls. from there, do you want to kind of give a quick little rundown on how to actually use some of these diaphragm calls for sure. for yeah. those others that are like Bobby that have uh, been struggling with this a little bit? Yeah. So the diaphragm fit is really important. So. Bobby's actually using a, 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 a slimline call, one of our slimline calls, because he has a kind of a girly, you know, mouth kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, we, we've learned. <laughs> I bought the other ones earlier, and they were not the right size they for my little big. mouth. But no, <laughs> yeah. actually, a lot of people, you know, have narrow palates, so that's why we came out with the slimline series. But you want that to tuck right up into the roof of your mouth behind your front teeth, and you keep the tip of your tongue down by your bottom teeth, and then raise the middle of your tongue up to meet that latex and then just force a little air out. Yeah. The more pressure on the reed, the more air you throw through the reed, the higher the note is. And, you know, when I teach classes, I always want to get people to do the scale. So it's kind of like, you know, you start out with less pressure, increase pressure, increase air, and try to get a scale. So you copy me. I'm going to do it. And then you. Oh, God. I got to do this on air yeah. now? This is so great. It's like, Here this we is go. So perfect. It's like, <laughs> this is well, perfect. Like, <laughs> we're saving this episode forever. This is going to go down the record books here. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm ready. Like, 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. Increase pressure, increase air, and just go up that scale. <laughs> oh my God. Now I'm on air too doing this. This is even better. Luke's standing behind me just laughing his ass off. Everybody is. The best part is when Tom did that, I thought it was Bobby for a second and I about shit my pants. <laughs> You know, Bobby, a minute ago, you were sounding like that out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was just now like, the now, 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 now everybody's staring right. at me. Yeah, all right, I got to try it again. Here we now go. Now it's being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> and literally everyone's behind me just watching this. I wish everybody could see this right now. Every single person is watching me do this. From New Jersey, trying to learn how to do an elk call. I do this on the beach now. Yeah, do you even have elk out there? Oh, no, no. All right, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. It sounded a little more like a turkey call. Yeah, yeah well, okay. Well, I have turkey season. I got air moving on this one. That's that's where I got so far. I can't do the. I can't like move it yet. But if I could practice long enough, maybe we'll do a part two of this on the last day and see if I progressed at all. Maybe. All right, buddy. But I gotta tell you, that was kind of a good high note. So, okay. And the high note is the key to elk calling. It, it, it actually everything that you need is in that high note. Cow calls, bugling, everything comes from that high note. Well, that's so, good to know. So we, I, if I had like, you know, I don't know, six weeks, I could really, like if we worked at it every day, yeah. six hours a day for six weeks, I could get you calling out. That's no, awesome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you're doing a good job. No, you got the high uh, note. No, okay. you got the high note. We could get this You got the high note, Bobby. Probably the, the in a few note. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... I'm going to teach you how to cow call right now. All right, let's do this. All right, All right. hit that high note again. All right. All right, so a cow call is you hit the high note and then just pop off the reed. So watch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it first. All right, you go ahead. You copy me. Drop that Can you tell which jaw. one was me? Drop, which one was yeah, not drop, not the drop, drop the jaw. Drop the jaw. Just drop the drop. Right off the reed. All right. There you go. All right. All right. All right. There's literally like 50 people standing <laughs> judging me right now. We got hecklers, everything. All right. Here's here's our test. He's gonna do it, and then I'm gonna do it, or I'm gonna do it, then he's gonna do it, and our listeners are gonna have to know which one's which. <laughs> I'm going to try one more time here. All right. <laughs> we can't that let know. All right. It's bad, but it's, it's, getting there. Good. it's getting there. It's sound. That's actually a really good start. So just kind of come off the read a little more like. Ah, see, like you open your mouth like that. Let okay. That, let that read stick in the roof of your mouth and just come off of it completely with your tongue. There you go. There you go. All right, I'm getting there. Awesome, I nice. might be not we be calling this close. weekend, but I'm getting sounds coming out of my mouth. No, Bobby, there's a competition tomorrow. Oh, we already put your name on the list. Someone's going to randomly put my name in there. We already did. Oh, great. This is going to be good. Have this no is, fear. We have your back. Buddy. I don't think anyone has my back here. <laughs> no, but this in all great. seriousness, Bobby, like it, we've done a lot of calling classes. We've taught a lot of people how to elk call. Yeah. And sometimes it takes people weeks to make a noise. Okay. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm four You're hours really into good, this. Actually. I'm four hours in on and my not first even four ever. hours because we just talked a minute ago before getting on the podcast and you had it in your mouth wrong and you're using the wrong part of your tongue. Yeah. I told you in a matter of, 
a minute and you replaced it in your mouth, you put different tongue pressure on it, and boom, you're making noise. I'm making noise. So, right. uh, honestly, you're doing pretty I'm damn feeling good. feeling a little yeah. better. The last no, 30 minutes these guys, huge. All these guys heckling you out here, I haven't heard them do it. Yeah, so, I have, you know. that, that is true, actually. I haven't heard a single noise come out of anyone's mouth. Except that kid that walked by that didn't even have one in his mouth. I was yeah. like, great. <laughs> that was amazing. He's a future mile high no game call. See, this just is more proof that you guys are great teachers. So, you know, I worked with you for four minutes, and I'm making a sound. Now. Yep. <laughs> We're getting you there. Yeah, we're getting a lot closer. Well, I, I'm learning tips here and there, and I think I'm picking it up a little bit. Um, what would you say, like, the first tip of getting to make that sound would be? Like, just hold, getting, what would you work so, on first, holding it in your mouth and just getting the sound? I think, like, you were struggling to get a sound when you first came up after buying it, like, a few hours ago. Right. And then you came up to me, and I showed you where I was placing it in my mouth. Yep. And like I said, the front of the call looks like a horseshoe, right? The call looks like a horseshoe, if the audience can imagine a horseshoe. And everybody thinks you put the horseshoe facing your teeth, right? Like that. It looks like you took a bite out of it. So a lot of people put the call in backwards, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so put the horseshoe out. So there's a flat part of the call, not the circle. The flat part goes toward the front of your mouth. So the front of your mouth is where that front goes. And like I told you, you take your canines and you line up the front of that call with your canines. So like I showed you, it goes right in line with your canines. It's pretty far back. A lot of people yeah. think you put it right at the front and you just push with the tip of your tongue. That's where okay. two big mistakes I was making That's right there. That's a big there. mistake. Yep. So you want to use right where the flat part of the call is, right in line with your uh, canines. And some people, like my dad said earlier, you push the tip of your tongue on the bottom row of your teeth. For me, that doesn't work personally. Okay. Um, I flatten my tongue and just use the pressure of the uh, like medius part of my tongue. Um, like I told you guys earlier, if you look at your thumb, there's the first joint in your thumb. That first joint, if you were to put that on the tip of your tongue, I know it's hard to imagine this on a podcast, but <laughs> the tip of your tongue, if you put that right on your um, right where the joint is, and you measure that back, it's about a thumbs. I guess length, that first joint, is where you want the pressure to be on that call where the latex meets. Right. And for me, that's what works the best. And as soon as I told you that, boom, you're making that. I was making some sounds, yeah. So wait, wait, wait. Stop sucking your thumb. I mean, he didn't want your <laughs> thumb in your mouth. I, I mean, thought that was the step two. I thought that was the next move. <laughs> I was ready here for that. <laughs> so, so that's but, Yeah, as far as, like, quick tip, initial, making that noise. If you're not making a noise, right away don't give up on it you know yeah. we we sell these calls at all these shows we go to and we've been doing it forever since my dad's been doing it for 35 years i've been doing it but i could bugle before i could walk with my voice so you <laughs> know we've been doing it a long time we make it sound super easy you walk by the booth like man I, i'm gonna buy that call i'm gonna sound just like that no nope. no it does take practice <laughs> um but that's the thing you know a lot of guys who go hunting in september for elk here in colorado or any state for that matter they pick up the call weekend before and they're like all right i'm gonna practice time to get ready for this hunt no it's a commitment That's like if you want to make good elk sounds without using like a squeeze call hoochie mama that sounds like everybody <laughs> in the woods yeah you know you need to take the time and practice we're in january right now you're nine months away from your season time to start practicing it is a great so. time and you know i i do a lot of the elk calling classes throughout the year and you know i get maybe five to ten classes a month you know march april may june and then all of a sudden july comes and i get 25 classes in july <laughs> and then all of a sudden august comes and there was a point in time where every night of the week 
in August, I was getting off of work and coming home and had people at my houses, going through classes, and then it's time for us to go to our hunt. I don't have anything packed. I don't have anything prepared. So I finally had to start saying, okay, after August 15th, I'm not doing any classes. Yeah. And the, the tough thing is a lot of people come to my classes, you know, a week before elk season, and they think they're going to just pop this reed in their mouth and call elk in. I'm, I'm telling I mean, everybody right now. Practice, yeah, it's, you know? it's not that easy. Yeah, it does. So, I, I keep, yeah, like, two or three diaphragms early. in my truck all the time yep, just because yep. it's – it's something you can do. You're, I drive. I mean, I drive 30, 40 minutes one way for work every day. So, sitting in yep. my truck, I can annoy the shit out of myself with cow yep. calls, bugles, whatever. Yep. It, it saves many marriages too. I mean, <laughs> seriously. So this is the key that I need yeah. right now. No, you practice no, no. in the truck instead of the house. He's practicing in the truck. Yeah. No. The call doesn't save the <laughs> Don't marriage. Don't go home yeah. to my <laughs> wife with this call. That's what you're saying. So, I mean, I feel like I'm annoying. And there's, get, paint, the, paint the scenario right now is there is a million booths in this row, and everyone was staring at me on how bad I sounded. And I don't care. I'm not discouraged, but I'm sure I am annoying them. So if they're listening, never. I'm sorry, okay? Let me Just tell you one thing. It. Bugling at your wife is not going to get you laid no. for the night. So I wouldn't suggest trying that. It doesn't work that. the same. Huh. I've, tried, the same I've tried it once or twice and uh, taken the old lady out with me in a, in a September archery hunt. It doesn't work. I don't think I impressed her very much. So <laughs> I'm going to have to note that one down forever. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't think my call is impressing anybody or anything at this point. You know, it, we, we said it did impress us, and we're, you were the ones teaching you how to do it. So yeah, honestly, that, like I that said, makes me happy. You are doing better the one, than you think The ones you that see the improvement are the ones yep. that are impressed. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's that's all that matters. Well, you fuckers that are making fun of me over here. <laughs> all right, that's just that's, me, Bobby. Yeah, just, no, no, no. There's a lot of them. You know, I, I, I just want, like you said before, though, I don't hear them making any noise, and this is not as easy as I would have picked up. Like, I, you know, I've never even thought of hunting, like, well, obviously I want to hunt elk. <laughs> Never thought of calling elk, and when I grabbed your bugle tube, I was like, "Holy shit, I can't do this!" <laughs> I, can't. I was like, "Wow, this is a lot harder than I thought." But now I'm feeling really confident because I am making sounds. I might not sound perfect, but little by little, I'll practice. I'm gonna be messaging you guys, watching your YouTube videos and everything, learning from your seminars here. You well, gotta come back over and get my CD. And I got it. I got it. I got it. I got that. Trust me, I'm loaded up to learn now. Yeah. I'm ready. I am, and I'm ready to learn. Which well, is I was awesome. gonna to touch on there is a lot of out-of-state guys or even in-state guys. You know, you like you just said, you don't know when you're gonna come out to elk hunt, but when you do, being out of state, it's a commitment with that price of the tag. Travel yeah. to get here, getting the meat back. If you do, or if you are successful, so you know you buy all this hunting gear, whether it's clothing, that's thousands of dollars. You buy a bow, thousands of dollars. Oh yeah. You buy an elk call, it's fifty bucks for diaphragms and a tube, right? Yeah. And that's what's going to bring the animal to you. So why wouldn't you learn how to use it for when you do commit to come out here? That is the best tip probably <laughs> so, anybody can yeah. get. Like in you your, be, it's so true. You, you want to be a Swiss Army knife. Calling yeah. may not be the only like you know. There's other, many ways to hunt an elk, but calling is definitely an incredibly effective yeah. way come September. Yeah, they and don't come in with just hey elk, hey yeah. elk. That, that's not how they're, that's not how it's working here. So and spot and stalking elk is definitely difficult. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do it uh, unsuccessfully and some successfully, but. At the end of the day, I'd rather the elk come to me than me going after it. So, you know, learning how to call is definitely there's you're on no, the right track. There's yeah, nothing no, more exciting than a bugle oh, I mean, fest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is I mean, wild. You know, a great day in the field, archery hunting, doesn't necessarily have to end with an elk on the ground. No. Right. I mean, some of the best things that I've ever experienced in the elk field is just monster bulls coming in, snot coming out of their nose, oh, yeah. bugling at me. 
And, you know, I go back to camp and go, you know, I just didn't get my bow back. I didn't have the right shot opportunity. But when that bull bugled and it went right through me, I felt it in my soul. Just you shakes, shakes your bones. That's a successful day in the woods, oh, yeah. man. I, mean, I believe it. <laughs> you know, being from so far uh, east here in New Jersey, I, I, I always wanted to see an elk one and hear an elk. And, like, that was one of my two biggest passions. Now I'm here in Colorado today, and I hear you guys bugling out there. And it just <laughs> every time I hear it, it just puts a big grin on my face because it's something that, I, you know, I've never heard, never seen, or anything like that. And it's just so cool to me how you can make these noises and sound so realistic. I mean, my alarm clock is an elk, and I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> I'm like, this is, and my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I'm like, it's just my passion is to hear that in the wild one day. And that's... Uh, that's really cool that you guys can make this sound replicated so easy. Well, you need to get your ass out here already for an over-the-counter <sighs> yeah. hunt or this is, something. This is my first time here, and I'm telling you, I love it out here. So it's it's actually colder don't, in New Jersey than it is in Denver right now. Don't so. you dare move here, but you're welcome to come yeah. hunt here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> so let's move away from the elk, fellas. Uh, one of you guys shot a nice deer this year that I think we need to have a, a little chat about holding to our theme with you guys of uh, good hunting stories and pretty major units here. In Colorado. Yeah. So, Thomas, why don't we go over your deer from All this right. past November? Yeah, so this November, I mean, obviously I owe thanks to my dad first and foremost for putting me in. In Colorado, you have to build points. Um, a unit that takes more points to draw is supposed to be a better unit for a, quote, trophy animal. Um, so, you know, in Colorado, you can start putting in when you're 12 years old. And my dad started putting me in when I was 12 years old. And, you know, so I got to thank him for that. Without that, I would have never been able to draw this tag because now with point creep, everything going on in Colorado, it takes forever to draw a primitive unit. How many points did um, that uh, that unit cost you this year? So it, that cost me 21 points. Okay. So, so 21, 21 years, years of applying for yep. that. Yeah. So every year since I was 12 years old, you can do the math, figure out how old I am there. There you go. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, and surprisingly, it, I'm not really surprisingly because a lot of, you know, dads weren't, you know, I didn't. A lot of people don't have dads like I did that started putting me in when I was 12 because it cost a lot of money back then to do it. It was more than seven dollars. Now, he had to pay the full price of the tag for everything. So he was dumping thousands of dollars in for me and my sister every year. Wow. He'd get the money back if he didn't draw. But um, so you know, he was putting me in every year, and then it got to the point where point creep just kept going. We were just always out of reach of drawing that tag because every year would just go up more and more and more. Right. And so finally, we were able to get to that point where. I was like, okay, I got enough points to draw this unit, Dad. I know we were talking about a different unit, but I think this is the one I want to draw. And so I decided to pull the trigger this year. It was pretty nerve-wracking, not going to lie. I know we talked about some of the stories earlier. I drew the moose tag in 21. He yeah. drew the sheep tag in 21. And I was more nervous about this deer hunt than I was about the moose, actually. Wow, really? Which was pretty wild just because with the moose, I mean, if you guys listened to the podcast that we did before about the moose, I drew in 2020. I was able to scout 30 days in 2020 for the moose, and then the fires came in Colorado, had to turn the tag in, was able to scout another 30 days. So I was able to put 60 days in scouting at least to hunt that moose. So I was pretty confident about that moose I was going to get. Yeah. And I had one that I wanted to target, got it, successful, great. This deer hunt, if anybody knows anything about mule deer hunting in November, you can't scout for that. I mean, <laughs> it's it's there's... I went up in August. I went up in uh, one weekend of September. I went up in November, and it didn't matter what deer I saw. I got excited about deer I saw, but it really did not mean I was going to be able to find that deer again come rut yeah. because they're just going to go where they want to to find the does. 
So I was more so just learning the area, but um, long story short, I was able to draw the tag, scouted, like I said, uh, learn the area, learn the roads, learn some high points for glassing. I was able to figure out, okay, this is a good spot to glass from. I'm seeing deer in uh, August. I'm seeing deer in November. Um, I went up, the season started here in Colorado. Fourth rifle starts the day before Thanksgiving. So I was trying to recruit people, right, to come up and help with this hunt, once in a lifetime hunt. It was quite the, I guess, asking, if you will, to ask people to leave their family for Thanksgiving. So I, I didn't really ask anybody. I just told them, hey, if you want to come with me, it'd be cool. <laughs> um, and of course, everybody in my circle was extremely excited to go on this hunt with me, uh, my dad included. Uh, my buddy Stefan was able to come up with me Saturday before the season started. We got camp set up, wood cut. We we're doing the Davis wall tent. Um, so we got camp ready and that night just from the get-go, from camp, after running the chainsaw, everything, we glassed up 40 deer from camp. Whew. So we were in the right <laughs> spot. Yeah, awesome. we were there. So, <laughs> there was a lot of deer in the area. I guess that's what you wait 21 years for in Colorado. Wow. And we were able to scout Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So three days, full days, and we saw over 100 deer a day. Just wow. incredible. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And we saw over 80 bucks in those three days, anywhere from a fork horn all the way up to, you know, 190 plus inches. And um, CJ, my buddy CJ, uh, he, he and my dad came up Tuesday night and we were uh, in reaching each other and we were able to, he told me they found a buck that had trash. And I was like, well, we haven't seen a buck that had trash yet. Um, just straight typicals, mainly what we saw. And so Stefan and I, we hauled ass, tried to get back down the mountain to get back to where they were by dark. And Wait, let me jump in here. Cause okay. So I'm riding on the back of the four-wheeler. CJ's got just a ATV, straight ATV. So I'm sitting on the back trying to hang on for dear life, and he's a maniac <laughs> driver. Dude. I mean, dude, he drives I like 100 miles an hour everywhere oh, he goes. Shit. And deer are running all over the place. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, unbelievable. You know, I'm not seeing giant bucks, but, I mean, there's just deer everywhere. So we get, we get into this one spot. We come around the corner, and there's a truck pulled off the side of the road, and these guys are glassing, you know, so we pulled off there yeah and the first thing that happens man the guys come running over with beers in each hand i mean <laughs> i'm like they didn't even know us can't even like, write that up here you guys you want a beer we're, you know we're <laughs> looking for elk have you guys seen any elk and we were like no and we go we're uh just scouting for deer and he goes well we're watching a big one you know so oh, okay well we'll take a beer you know so we're, sitting there, <laughs> we're off the side of the road on the ap drinking a beer you know i'm looking and holy crap that is a big deer you know so we start glassing this deer up and man it's got trash and everything and you know pretty soon the deer is going in and out i mean it, the country up there is just unbelievable like buck brush you know i mean it, they just they they're there one second gone the next then they're over here then you know they're yeah. chasing does and we just couldn't get any video and then um you know we were trying to get a hold of him to get that him over there but by the time he, they finally did get in touch with Thomas on the inReach, and they got over there, the deer was gone. We couldn't, we couldn't see him anymore. So that's when we decided the next morning we were going to, you know, hunt that area and try to find that deer. And 
Yeah. I'll let Thomas finish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were, like I said, Steph and I were a long ways away. We had to winch with the, I had a razor, two-seater razor, and we had to winch our way all the way up the mountain to get to where I wanted to go. That Wait I a minute, I got to interject again. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm half owner of the two-seater razor, and I'm riding on the back of the ATT. <laughs> Just so everybody knows. Oh, man. That, okay? However, you were right, not there I to was, scout that's with true. us. So. That's true. <laughs> that is worrying. <laughs> So anyway, we, we were we were pretty far away. We made our way back down right at dark. They said the deer disappeared. Um, I hadn't seen anything. I wanted to pull the trigger on opening morning and the three days of scouting. Um, like I said, any other unit in Colorado, maybe not any other unit, but most units in Colorado, you see a 160 buck, 170 buck, 180 buck, oh, 190 it's buck. Down it's like, going down. Yeah. yeah. Split second. It's going down like a clown. But this tag, in in particular, I knew I did not want to pull the trigger. You know, my expectations the first two to three days was 190 up, maybe 200 up. You know, dream of 200. Um, but uh, so so we never saw anything with trash, like I said. So we, I decided I wanted to go back there in the morning, see if I can get a good look at this deer. They both told me it's the biggest deer they've ever seen in their life. Whew. And so I was like, well, it must mean something. You know, they've seen some deer. Um, so we get there, and we actually found the buck pretty much right off the bat. Sun started coming up, glassed it up. It was in and out of the oak brush, and I didn't get a great look at it. It was probably 700, 800 yards away. And I just didn't get a good enough look that I wanted to say, that's the deer I want to shoot. Yeah. And so we kind of split up a little bit on this ridge and started doing some glassing. And uh, my buddy Stefan and I, we decided to go down to where we last saw the deer and try to get in closer so i brought my gun and even then i was like i'm not gonna shoot stuff and like i want to get a good look at this deer we crested the hill and the deer was 200 yards away and i was like oh shit all right so got the spotting scope up real quick got a quick glance and then he went into the um, cypress trees i was like oh god damn he's <laughs> gone again and so we sat there for a while. Next thing you know, the sun starts cresting the hill, and it is literally directly right in front of Stefan and I, and I cannot glass worth a shit. Uh, I can't see anything just because the sun is right there. So did I was anybody like, say that it was cold yet? Cause <laughs> it, was, it was really it was it was fucking cold. cold. <laughs> it was the, fucking cold. The it day was, that you guys are doing this, I spent my <laughs> whole day digging my truck out. So <laughs> it, it was, was in the snow off of Colorado drive. November 23rd. I was pretty much freezing my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> It was November 23rd, and it was pretty cold. So at this point, I told Stefan, you stay here. I'm going to go back to the Razor and go. Because um, CJ at this point said he saw him like 400 yards away. That tells you how much these deer are moving. Ooh, I mean, 400 heck. yards are chasing yeah. does. So I get back to CJ. Can't see the buck again. And so we go up a little further. He said it was heading up the mountain. So we go up. Can't see it. CJ radio, er, uh, yeah, radios again. He's like, I see the buck now. Drive back down to CJ buck's gone so my dad and i we decided to go up where we could get a little bit higher ground so don't worry he got to sit in the razor, I got the <laughs> razor man. he's all excited yeah, now. yeah. Baby. <laughs> so he sits in the razor we drive up to this higher point where we can glass and see down in stuff a little better and we're seeing deer i mean like i said we were glassing one hillside that was probably like a 800 yard hillside and we saw 50 deer it's just insane we saw like eight different bucks nine different bucks and we did. We started seeing deer. I think we saw him from about 2,000 yards away. It was hard to tell if it was him. And then Stefan uh, in-reached me again said, hey, I see him. Shit. All right. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go down there and sit in one spot. He's bound to walk by. Yeah. So we drive back down, get over by CJ. I walk 80 yards from the razor where my rifle was, and 
I look up this ravine and there's a buck standing there. And I was like, that's, I don't think that's the same buck that we saw this morning because he was wide, he was way outside his ears and it just didn't look like the same buck. So I put my binos up, I'm like, that's a good deer. Put my binos down, I sit down and get a little steadier. That's a really good deer. <laughs> and I don't have my gun, I don't have anything. Oh, and man. so I don't have my so spotting scope. He was at the razor. And I was looking at, first I was looking at a fork horn that had come out into this little opening, and he was super nervous. There was a doe there, too, and, and he kept looking back, and then he would look one way, and look. He, he was really worried about something that was behind him. And I kept thinking, man, there's got to be something back there, you know? Yeah. So I just, I was studying my binoculars on the razor, just kind of looking through there. And then pretty soon that two-point, that two-by-two two moved. And that big boy came into my view, and I was like, CJ, get a hold of Thomas. you got to get him back here right now. I'm like, looking at this deer. I and saw it the whole he time. Had saw but it, that he was hauling, running back towards I wasn't the even razor. running. No, you weren't. Actually. I just don't lie. I wasn't running. Yeah, you I literally I walked lie. back. I was like, if I run, he'll probably run. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to walk back to the razor. So I just walked I back. I was freaking out. I was like, I was we got to get him back here, man. I didn't even know if I wanted to shoot this buck at this I point. Know. I was like, it was the first day. It seemed too good to be true. I wasn't sure. Like, I haven't seen a ton of deer in my lifetime. Obviously, I've been putting it for 21 years, so I didn't, I'm not an avid deer hunter. Yeah, you right. know, I won now because I finally burnt my points, and I want to hunt deer every single year. But <laughs> at this point, I'm just walking back. I see him. He sees me. For whatever reason, he did not run for 10 minutes. Stood like a statue, Ooh. just still in the oak brush 10 minutes. I don't know if he didn't think we could see him or what. But I get back to the four-wheeler, get the spotting scope on him, still hemming and hawing. Finally, he turns. I can see he's got some trash on him, too. He's way outside his ears. I'm like, boys, I, I think I need to shoot this deer. And they're over here, like, thinking I'm freaking crazy. Like, yeah. This is the biggest deer <laughs> You haven't decided that already? <laughs> arms, plus, both of my arms right now are, like, ready to fall off. They're aching. And I don't dare take the binoculars off of them because I'm telling you, man, you take the binoculars off of them. They can disappear in two seconds. You won't find and them again. And you won't find them again. And I'm like, I'm staying on this thing, man. And I'm just like, God, shoot the goddamn thing. And I mean, it's like the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. I was just, I just kept thinking I wanted to see that first deer we were looking for. Right. I would have liked to And see I kept him, asking them, I was like, is it the same deer? Is the same it deer? Wasn't. And CJ's just telling me yes, just so I would shoot it. Like, oh, it's the same <laughs> it deer. Wasn't. Same deer. And I'm like, okay. Finally, I'm like, all right, boys, I need to shoot that deer. So <laughs> I, I, at this point, I didn't even have my rifle out of the case. Yeah. So I walk oh, over, man. get my rifle out of the case, come over, I get my bipod set up, and and we're talking. This deer is in like, I don't know, uh, the clearing. It's not a really a maybe clearing. Twenty yards. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's like twenty yards. If that deer walks. Opening. It's that's it. Your shot's done. Five yeah. steps, yeah. It's, it's gone. gone. Yeah. I mean, and you know he gets his gun out and everything, and he's getting, you know, it all ready to go and everything. And I'm watching the deer, and pretty soon the deer like turns its head and it's like biting one side of it, and then it turns its head the other Started way. Started getting Gives him like really good looks. Like it turns right, then turns left, so you could see the kicker sticking out. My bull. <laughs> he's sides. modeling for but you. I'm thinking, <laughs> it's gonna walk any second. You know. Yeah. And then he finally is like, I'm going to shoot that deer. So finally, yeah, I like, told him, all right, God, boys, man. I'm going to shoot this deer. And poor Stefan had no idea what was going on. Yeah. He's still <laughs> sitting down there glassing for deer. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Boom. he hears me shoot. I shoot. Deer just whack, drops. It was 370 yards. Yes. Just dropped him in his tracks. Hell, yeah. 
And I still at that point, I, it just seemed too good to be true opening day. And I, I, there was no ground shrinkage. The deer, it, it grew. It, it grew. I mean, <laughs> it's a big grew, deer. Man. Hell yeah. It's, it's a big deer. I mean, everybody dreams of shooting a 200-inch mule deer. And we just kept walking up. And once I finally saw it, it was probably only 50 yards from the deer when I finally saw where yeah. it went down. This was a little deceiving from 370 yards how many little the hills there were. Like the snow was like Snow was probably knee-deep. And, yeah. and finally get up to the deer, and, man, it just it did not disappoint. And, you know, it, it, it was truly a once-in-a-lifetime hunt. I'll never draw that unit again. Like I said, it took me 21 years to draw for fourth rifle, and it did. And that's it, area 2,637 in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, that's that, the unit. That's, uh, that's a unit <laughs> we won't yeah. discuss. <laughs> it's already too hard to get it. So yeah, hopefully, I have 21 points, and yeah. I plan on going there next year. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we can repeat this next year. Um, I expect to see a bigger deer out of you next <laughs> year. Yeah, exactly. That one that I'm he has the video of, if that one survived this year, that's going to be a hell yeah, of a deer next year. I'm going to definitely have to hold on to his bullets yeah. and not let him shoot. <laughs> until I say that's the one. Going to have to go uh, Africa style and yeah. you carry his gun yep. for him. Yep. He's going to get it with his within the hour or something. He's like, yeah, oh, I got yours, mine quicker. That's 160, cool. Um, hey, there's a forking horn. Yeah, exactly. He probably would, unfortunately. So, yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'll let him shoot my rifle, and I'll just keep the magazine out of the rifle. And that way he can't shoot it. And then uh, I'll, I'll let him know when. But, yeah, it was just it was a hunt in a lifetime. Um what was the total, or what was the score of the deer? Uh, ended up going 211 and 38. <laughs> so he was, he was a beautiful buck. Just the, the cool thing about him, he was just typical frame. He only had one kicker on each side, and the kicker's in the same exact spot. He's got four-inch brow tines on each side. Just the picture-perfect mule deer yeah. you would expect. You know, four-by-four four frame, brow tines, matching kickers, everything just mass all the way throughout yeah. it. He had 38 inches of mass total. Just nice and wide, too. Nice and wide. Yeah, he was 28 inside, 32 outside. Just beautiful picture-perfect deer you can imagine. So Carter's going to be really upset he missed this one because he yeah. loves mule deer. <laughs> so he, that's he is his like our mule deer. Yeah. He's going to be listening to this one and be like, son of a bitch, I needed to get on that episode. Yeah, I guess we won't talk about the celebration that night after, <laughs> no, the, no, no, no. after the deer no. got pretty ugly. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's some celebrating to be had. Yeah, a little bit of a rough cleanup on Thanksgiving morning. It yeah. was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. rough getting these guys going and yeah, yeah, that's all we're gonna say. <laughs> that's all yeah, gotta say that's, about that. That's it. That, we, we won't pry too much on that <laughs> one. As Forrest Gump would say, "Well, I guess I'll go home now." <laughs> <laughs> that's so, great. Yeah, it was an epic year, and uh, I can't wait to do it again next year with him. So, and then hopefully the year after with yeah. my dad or with years, my sister. Really, yeah. So I love talking to you guys with your successful hunts because it's always it's I'm always smiling ear to ear on, the, on these because <laughs> I I just like try to put myself in your position and when you're telling these stories and like every detail and it, it just cracks me up and it's just uh, awesome to hear and i'm so glad you guys are so successful too because you know <laughs> thank you we'll constantly be talking about this that's for sure i'll have to tag along in sherpa for you guys next year <laughs> it's it's definitely epic i mean that unit is nothing like i've ever seen before and it's, it's tough to draw that 2364 yeah. units yeah. in colorado yeah. I'm it is. It, it's, it's definitely made a deer hunter. <laughs> Multiply that by 5,000, and yeah. that's the amount of applicants put yeah. it in for it. So. so, like I said, it's a once-in-a-lifetime draw type of situation, and unless I draw again when I'm 70 or something, you know, ridiculous. But at this point, it's, it's a unit that I just want to go up and cruise around and just look at deer. And uh, I can't wait to get back on the mountain next year and hunt deer. 
Yeah, with we my can't dad. either because we so. want to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hopefully next year we can have some elk stories or something. This year elk didn't really pan maybe out even for a moose us. Story. But Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, moose, sheep, goat. You know, you I never still know. got a chance for a moose. There maybe a caribou. We might have oh, yeah, happen sometime do soon. That's gotta come up soon. That I was, I was to supposed to do. We were gonna do caribou this year, but then I decided to get married. So we're having a wedding instead. What a mistake! It's a destination wedding, though. You didn't use your elk call, right? Where to Estes Park? No, Walden, Colorado. <laughs> Walden. There you go. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, I'm so glad you guys took the time to come talk to us about this again. And uh, especially, I definitely especially happy that you guys were able to give me some pointers here. So yeah. hopefully by the next episode I can bugle again and actually yeah. sound like something. We'll do a recap on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, there you go. No pressure good. or nothing. Yeah. I got yeah. you, you, got got two you got two days. Yeah. You got 48 hours to start <laughs> practicing. Great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> No pressure at all, listeners. But, uh, I have faith. I have faith in you. Guys, where can, uh, no. where can folks find you on Instagram, social media? Where can we find you for uh, following with these great hunts and your products? Pretty much everything Mile High Note Game calls, you know, YouTube, yeah, uh, Instagram, Facebook, everything's Mile High Note Game calls. Yeah. Yep. Best tips around. Definitely check them out, listeners. And uh, hopefully on Sunday, I'll, I'll do even if they're not here or, we're, or we're, what's going on, I'll do a quick little recap and add it to the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll get the judge call on in this one and see how I, if I improved in 48 hours here. Well, I appreciate you guys jumping on, taking the time. And uh, as always, you know, uh, it, it's great to talk to you again. about the Yeah, year. it's great to be on. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks, we guys. appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. Thanks, listeners.